everyone, welcome to another episode of Warrior Castle series. I'm your host, Sharpstar. Um, today we will be reading chapters 29 and 30. This is the last two chapters of this book, and then we can start reading um, The Rising Storm. Also, um, like uh, I've got a new um, email or Gmail account for my podcast, um, so if you guys want to email me about something... I don't know what that would be, um, but, like, I know one person mentioned something about a fan-made, uh, like, fiction for Warrior Cats that they're making, um, and I could read it, um, if they could, whoever that is, um, could send me the link to that, or just share it with me, um, that would work, and if you have some, tell, if you want to, like, tell me something I should add or something like that, um, that would help, um, and also, like, I'll be checking my email a lot, so definitely reply to everyone's message, uh, whoever does message me, and if they do, um, so yeah, if you can do that, um, my, if you don't remember it, uh, right now I'm gonna tell you it, but if you don't remember it, it's gonna be in the link of this descript, uh, this episode, like, below, not link, but it'll be in the description below, um, it's sharpstar at, or, it's sharpstar200, or 286 at gmail.com, um, and yeah, now we can read chapters 29 and 30. Okay, now we can read chapter 29. As he watched his defeated enemy disappear, Fireheart could not summon up the least sense of triumph. Surprising himself, he even felt a pang of regret. Tireclaw could have been a warrior whose deeds would have been told in generations of kits. If only he had, cho- he had chosen loyalty over ambition. Fireheart could almost wail out loud at the waist. All around him, talk was beginning to break out again, as cats mute and urgently to one another about the startling events. Who will be deputy now? He heard Running Wind ask. ask. Fireheart glanced at Blue Star, Blue Star to see if she meant to make an announcement, but she was slipping away. Uh, she was slipping away the side of the high rock toward her den. Her head was down and her paws dragged, as if she were ill. There were, there would be no announcement yet. I think Fireheart should be deputy, Cloudpaw declared, bouncing with excitement. He'd do a great job. Fireheart? Darkstripe's eyes narrowed. A kitty pet? And what's wrong with being a kitty pet? Cloudpaw bristled in front of the much bigger warrior. Fire would have, Fireheart was about to haul himself to his paws and intervene when Whitestorm pushed between Darkstripe and the young apprentice. That's enough, he growled. Bluestar will tell us who's chosen, choose, who, he, who she chooses before Moon High. That's the tradition. Tradition. Fireheart let his shoulders relax as Cloudpaw scampered off to join the other apprentices. He could see that his apprentice didn't realize the seriousness of what had happened. The older warriors, the ones who had known Tireclaw well, were looking at one another as if their world had just come to an end. Well, now, Fireheart. Graystripe looked up, at, up as Fireheart walked over to join his friend at Cinderpaw. And Cinderpaw. 
Would you want to be deputy? There was pain in his eyes, and blood still tri trickled from his mouth. Yet he looked more alive than Fireheart had seen him since Silverstream's death. As if the battle and, ex and the expose exposing of Tireclaw's villainy, villainy had taken his mind off his grief for a moment. Fireheart couldn't prevent a faint prickle of ex excitement from creeping along his creeping along his spine. Deputy of Thunderclan. Then he realized how hard a job it would be to pull these shattered cats together and mold them into a clan again. No, he told Graystripe, the blue star would never choose me. He got up, shaking his head as if to put these thoughts out of his mind. How are you feeling? he asked. Are those wounds very bad? He'll be fine, mewed Cinderpaw, but his tongue was scratched and it's still bleeding. I don't know what to do for a scratched tongue. Fireheart, would you fetch Yellowfang for me? Sure. The last Fireheart had seen of Yellowfang, she had been dragging Broken Tail into her den. She had not not reappeared for the commanding of Tire Claw. He padded across the clearing and into the fern tunnel. As he pushed through the soft green fronds, he heard Yellowfang's voice. Something about it, perhaps its gentleness, so unusual for Yelping, made him stay in the shelter of the arching f f ferns for a moment longer. Lie still, Broken Tail. You have lost a life. Yelping was murmuring, You're going to be fine. What do you mean? snarled Broken Tail, his voice weak from loss of blood. If I've got another life left, why do my wounds still hurt? StarClan has healed the wound that had killed you. Yellowfang replied, still in the same soft murmuring that sent prickles along Fireheart's spine. The others need the skill of a medicine cat. Then what are you waiting for, the scrawny old pe you scrawny old pest? His broken tail. Get on with it. Give me something for the pain. All right, I will. Yellowfang's voice suddenly turned icy cold, and a ripple of fear coursed through Fireheart. Here, eat these berries, and the pain will go away for good. Pirate peered out of the ferns to see Yellowfang dab dabbing something with her paw. Carefully, deliberately, she rolled three bright red berries in front of the wounded broken tail, guiding his paw until he touched them. Suddenly, Fire was transported back to the snowy day and leaf bear. Cloudkit was staring at a small, dark-leaved bush that bore scarlet berries, and Cinderpaw was and Senator Paul was saying, The berries are so po poisonous, we call them death berries. Even one could kill you. He drew sorry, he drew breath to call out a warning, but Broken Tail was already chewing the berries. Yellowfang stood watching him with a face like stone. You and my clan cast me out, and I came here. She hissed into his ear. I was a prisoner, just like you. But Thunder Clan treated me well, and at last they trusted me enough to be their medicine cat. You could have earned their trust too, but now will any cat trust you ever again? Broken Tail let out a, con a contemptuous hiss. Do you think I care? Yellowfang, Yellowfang crouched even closer, closer to him, her eyes gleaming. I know you care for nothing, Broken Tail, not your clan, nor your honor, nor your own kin. I have no kin. Broken Tail spat out the words. Wrong. Your kin has been closer to you than you ever dreamed. I'm your mother, Broken Tail. 
The blind warrior made a curious rasping noise in his throat, like a terrible attempt at laughter. Spiders have spun webs in your brain, old one. Medicine cats never have kids. That's why I had to give you up, Yellowfang told him, seasons of bitterness dripping from each word, but I never stopped caring. Never. When you were a young warrior, I was so proud of you. Her voice dropped to a low snarl. And then, you murdered Ragged your own father. You killed the kids of your clan. Of our clan, and made me to take and made me to take the blame. You would have destroyed our clan completely. So now it is time to put an end to all this old treasure, all this old treasury, treasure, treasure. <laughs> I can't pronounce it, treasury. And then, and and what do you mean? Hold on. And then, what do you mean, you old? Broken Tail tried to rise to his paws, but his legs gave away and he fell heavily onto one side. His voice rose to a thin screech that chilled Fireheart to the bone. What have you done? I can't I can't feel my paws. Can't breathe. I fed you death berries. Yellowfang's eyes were mere slits as she gave gazed at him. I know this is your last life, Broken Tail. Messing cats always know. Now no cat will ever be hurt again because of you. Broken Tail's jaws parted in a cry of shock and fear. Fireheart thought he could hear regret there, too, but the blind warrior was unable to put words to it. His, limp, his limbs thrashed, and his, his limbs thrashed, and his paws scrabbled in the dust. His chest heaved as he fought for air. Unable to go on watching, Fireheart backed away and crouched at the other end of the fern tunnel. Shivering until the sounds of Broken Tail's last struggle died away. Then, mindful of Cinderpaw's request, he forced himself to go back, making sure that Yellowfang could hear him pushing his way through the bracken this time. Broken Tail lay motionless in the center of the small clearing. The old medicine cat crouched beside him, her nose pressed to one side, to his side. As Fireheart patted, patted up, she raised her head. She raised her, she raised her head. Her eyes filled with pain, and she looked older and frailer than ever. But Fireheart knew how strong she was, that the sorrow she felt for Broken Tail would not destroy her. I did everything I could, but he died, she explained. Fireheart could not tell the medicine cat that he knew she was lying. He would never tell any cat what he had just seen and heard. Trying to keep his voice steady, he meowed, Cinderpearl sent me to ask you what to do for a scratched tongue. Yellowfang struggled to her paws as if she too could feel the num- numbing t- touch of death berries. Tell her I'm coming, she rasped. I just need to fetch the right herb. Still unsteady, she staggered over to her den. She did not turn once to look back at Broken Tail's unmoving body. Fireheart thought he was he would be unable to sleep, but he was so exhausted that as soon as he curled up in his nest, he sank at once into the deep un- into deep unconsciousness. He dreamed that he was standing in a high place, with the wind ruffle- ruffling his fur and the stars of silver petal blazing with icy fire above his head. A warm, familiar scent drifted into his nostrils, and he turned his head to see Spotted Leaf. She patted to him. She patted up to him and touched her nose gently to start to his. Star Clan is calling you, Fire- Fireheart, she murmured. Do not be afraid. 
Then she faded, leaving him with nothing but the wind and the stars. Star Clan's calling me? Pirate thought, puzzled. Am I dying then? Fear jerked him awake, and he gasped with relief when he found himself safe in the dim light of the den. His wounds from the battle still stung, and as he got up, his limbs protested stiffly, but his strength was returning. Still, it was hard to control his shivering. Had Spotleaf just prophesied his death? Then he realized that the chill he felt was not just because of fear. The den, usually warm from sleeping bodies, was cold and empty. Outside, he could hear the murmuring, murmuring of many cats. When he pushed his way out to join them, he saw that nearly all the clan was already assembled in the clearing, with the pale light of dawn just rising above the trees. Sandstorm pushed her way through a group of cats. By her, she murmured urgently. Moon High has just come, come and gone, and Blue Star hadn't, hasn't named the new deputy. What? Fireheart stared at the pale ginger she cat in alarm. The warrior code had, had been broken. Star Clan will be angry, he murmured. We must have a deputy, Sandstorm went on, lashing her tail in ag- ag- agitation. But Blue Star won't even come out of her den. White Star tried to talk to her, but she sent him away. She's still shocked about Tireclaw, Fireheart pointed out. But she's the leader of this clan retorted Sandstorm. She can't just curl up in her den and forget about the rest of us. Fire knew she was right, but he could not stifle a pang of sympathy for Blue Star. He knew how much he had depended on Tireclaw's loyalty, defending him against Fireheart's accusations. She had chosen him to be her deputy, and she had trusted him to help, help her lead the clan. She must be shattered to realize that she had been wrong all along. And that she never, that never again would she be able to count on Tireclaw's strength and fighting skills. She won't forget. He began and broke off. Blue Star was tumbling around the high rock from her den, stumbling around the high rock from her den. She looked old and weary as she sat down in front of the rock, making no attempt to climb it. Cats of Thunderclan, she rasped, barely loud enough to be heard over the anxious muttering. Listen, and I will appoint the new deputy. Every cat was already turning toward her, and the clearing felt chillingly silent. I I say these words before a star clan, that the spirits of our ancestors may hear and approve my choice. Blue Star paused again, staring down at her paws for so long that Fireheart wondered if she had forgotten what she was going to say. Perhaps she had not decided yet who the deputy should be. One or two cats began to whisper un- uneasily, but as Blue Star raised her head again, they stopped. The new deputy will be Fireheart, she announced clearly. As soon as she had spoken, she rose to her paws again and padded back around the rock on legs that seemed to, made- to be made of stone. The whole clan froze. Fireheart felt as through a thorn had pierced her- his heart. He was to be deputy. He wanted to call back. Blue Star back and tell her there must be some mistake. He was barely a warrior. Then he heard her Cloudpaw's shrill voice raised gleefully. I knew it! Fireheart's the new deputy! Close by, Darkstripe snarled. Oh yes? Well, I'm not taking orders from a kitty pet. A few of the cats padded over to Fireheart and congratulated him. 
Gray Stripe and Sandstorm were the were among the first. Then Cinderpaw purred enthusiastically, and throwing herself at him to give his face a, th- a thorough looking. But the other cats, Pirate noticed, simply quietly slipped quietly away and did not speak to him at all. It was clear that they they were as startled by Blue choice as Fireheart was himself. Was this what Spyleaf had meant in his dream? When she told him that Starclan was calling him? Calling him to a new responsibilities within his clan? Do not be afraid, she told him. Oh, Spottedleaf, Fireheart thought desperately, as fear and uncertainty flooded his mind. How can I not be afraid? And guys, that's the end of chapter 29. We'll take a quick break and then read chapter 30. I hope you guys enjoyed, uh, and I'll see you guys after this break. Hi, welcome back from the break. Now we can read uh, chapter 30. Well, clan deputy, White Star mewed softly in his ear. What would you like me to do now? Fireheart realized his offer was genuine, and he flashed the great white warrior grateful glance. He knew White Storm could have expected to become deputy himself, and his support would be valuable to Fireheart in the days to come. Yes, now, he began, frantically trying to think what the most urgent priorities would be. With a jolt, he realized that he, would, he was trying to imagine what Tireclaw would have done. Food. We all need to eat. Clawball, start taking fresh gold to the elders. Get the other apprentices to help the queens and the nursery. Clawball shot off with a flick of his tail. Mousefur, Darkstripe, find yourself two or more, two or two or three warriors each, and go out on a hunting patrol. Split the territory between you. We'll need more fresh gold right away. And keep a lookout for the rogues or Tigerclaw while you're at it. Mousefur moved away with a calm nod collecting Brackenfur and Willipoe as, as she went. But Darkstripe glared at Fireheart for so long that Fireheart began to wonder what he would do what he would do if the Dark Warrior really refused to, refused to obey him. He met the pale blue gaze steadily, and at last Darkstripe turned away, meowing to Longtail and Dustbelt and Dustbelt to follow him. All Tireclaw's sympathizers Whitestorm observed as he watched them go. You'll need to keep an eye on them. Yes, I know, Fire admitted, but surely they've shown that they're more loyal to the clan than to Tireclaw. I hope they'll accept me as it. <laughs> I hope they'll accept me if I can, if I don't tread on their tails. Whitestorm gave a non-contumental ju- grunt. Anything for me to do? asked Graystripe. Yes. Fireheart gave his friend, friend's ear a quick lick. Go back to your nest and rest. You were badly wounded yesterday. I'll bring you I'll bring you a piece of fresh kill. Oh, okay. Thanks, Fireheart. Graystripe returned the lick and vanished into the den. Fireheart padded over to to the power of pile of fresh kill, where he found t- Cinderpaw clawing a magpie out of the dw- dwindling heap. I'll take this to Blue Star, she offered. I need to check her wound, and then I'll take some prey for yelping. Good idea. Fire Meow began to feel the more confident beginning to feel more confident as his rapid orders seemed to be restoring things to normal. Tell her if she needs any 
help to collect herbs. She can have Cloudpaw once he's done with once he's seen with the elders. Okay, Cinderpaw t- chuckled. You certainly know how to make your princess work, Fireheart. She bit down into the magpie and dropped it at once with a wretch of disgust. The flesh of the bir- of the dead bird fell away from the bones to reveal a writhing ma- mass of white maggots. A foul stench hit Fireheart and he winched. Winced. Cinderpaw backed uh, backed away, passing her tongue around her mouth over and over again, as if she, as she stared at the rotting carcass. Her gr- dark gray fur was fluffed up and her blue eyes wide. Crow food, she whispered. Crow food among the fresh kill. What does it mean? Fireheart couldn't imagine how the rotten maggot, ha- ma- magpie, the rotten magpie had gotten there. No cat would have brought it in, even the, even the young, youngest apprentice knew better than that. What does it mean? Cinderpaw repeated. Pirate suddenly, suddenly realized she wasn't talk, thinking about any particular, particular, particular reason for how maggot-ridden prey had ended up in the pile. Do you think it's an omen? He croaked. A message from StarClan? It might be, Cinderpaw shivered and stared at him with huge blue eyes. Starkland hasn't spoken to me yet, Fireheart, not since the ceremony at the Moonstone. I don't think, I don't know if it's an omen or not, but if it is, it must be for Blue Star, Fireheart finished. His fur prickled as he realized that, that this was the first sign of Cinderpaw's new powers as an apprentice medicine cat. You are going to take the mag- magpie to her. He felt a thrill of por- horror as the th- at the thought of what the omen might mean. Was Starkland trying to say that Blue Star's leadership was rotting away from the inside, even though Tire Cl- Tire outer threat had gone? Hold on, give me one sec. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I have to look at something. Um. Uh, was Starkland trying to say that Blue Star's leadership was rotting away from the inside, even though Tigerclaw's outer threat had gone? No, he mewed firmly. That can't be right. Blue Star's problems are over. Some cats have been careless, that's all, and brought Crowfoo back by mistake. But he could—he didn't believe his own words, and as and he could tell that Sir Paul didn't either. I was yelping. She mewed. Shaking her head in bewilderment, she'll know. Cinderpaw quietly snatched a vole from the heap and began limping rapidly across the clearing. Fireheart called after her. Don't tell any cat except Yellowfang. The clam mustn't know. I'll bury this. She flicked her tail to show, th- to show that she had heard and vanished among the ferns. Fireheart glanced around to make sure that no other cat had overheard their conversation or seen the decaying magpie. Pile rose in his throat as he gripped the bird by the tip of one wing and dragged it to the edge of the clearing. He didn't begin to relax until he scraped up enough dirt to cover the vile thing. Even then, he could not get it out of his mind if the rotty maggot-filled crow food was indeed an omen. What new disasters did Starkland have in store for Thunderclan and their leader now?
By sun high, the clan had settled down again. The hunting patrols had returned. All the cats were full fed, and Fireheart was beginning to think that it was time he went to Blue Star's den to see if she would talk to him about leading the clan. He was distracted by movement in the gorse tunnel. Four River Clan cats appeared, the same four who had joined them in the joined in the battle the, the day before. Leopardfur, Mistyfoot, Stonefur, and Blackclaw. Leopardfur, leopard fur bore a newly healed wound across one dappled shoulder, and Blackclaw's ear was torn at the tip, proof of how they f- how they fought with Thunder Clan to drive out the rogue cats. Fireheart wished he. He, <clears throat> Fireheart wished that he could find out. Fireheart wished he would, he could believe that they had only come to find out if Thunder Clan warriors were all right. But deep down, he knew their mission had to be with Graystripe's kids. Struggling to hide the he- heaviness in his heart, he padded across the clearing and dipped his head to the leopard fur. Not the re- respectful s- signal from a warrior to a deputy, but a cur- courteous greeting between equals. Greetings, mewed leopard fur, her eyes registering surprise at Fireheart's new-, Fireheart's new attitude. We need to speak to your leader. Fireheart hesitated, wondering how how much to explain. It would it would take the rest of the day to tell the full story of Tireclaw's treachery, and to describe how Fireheart himself had named deputy had been named deputy in a named deputy. In a heartbeat's pause, he decided to tell the visiting patrol nothing. Even River Clan, through they seem friendly now, might be tempted to attack a clan that seemed to be that seemed to be weak. The next gathering would be would be soon enough for them to know. He bowed his head once more and went to look for Blue Star. Went to look for Blue Star. To his relief, the clan leader was sitting in her den, fi- finishing a piece of fresh gold. She looked more like herself than Fireheart had seen her since Tireclaw's attack. As he announced himself at the entrance to the den, Blue Star looked up, swallowing the last of her mouse. Her tongue swiped around her jaws and she meowed. Fireheart, come in. We have a great deal to discuss. Yes, Blister, Fireheart mewed, but not now. The RiverClan warriors are here. Ah, Blister rose to her paws and stretched. I I was expecting them, although I had hoped they would wouldn't come back quite so soon. She led she led the way out of her den to where the patrol was waiting. By now, Graystripe had appeared and seemed to be exchanging news with Mistyfoot. Fireheart hoped he, had, he was not telling her too much as he settled down at a respectful distance from the River Grand Patrol. Other cats were, to, were too were there, gathering around, their faces revealing their curiosity about the reasons for the River Clan cat's visit. When Bluestar had greeted the newcomers, Leopardfur began. Leopardfur began. We've talked for a long time about Silverstream's kits. Sorry. We've talked for a long time about River Silverstream's kits, and we've decided that they belong to River Clan. Two River Clan kits died yesterday. They had been born too soon. Their mother, Greenflower, has agreed to suckle these newborn kits. We think it might be a sign from Star Clan that the kits will be well cared for. They're well cared for here, Fireheart's ex- Fireheart ex- exclaimed. 
Leopardfur glanced at him, but still spoke directly to Blue Star. Star has sent us to fetch them. Her voice was calm and determined, showing that the that she was genuinely that she genuinely believed in her clan's right to take the kits. Besides, Missyfoot added, the kits are older now, and the river has gone down enough to allow safe passage across. They will be able to cope with the journey journey to our camp. Yes, mewed Leopardfur with an approving look at the younger warrior. We could have we could have taken the kits before this, but we care just as much about their well, their welfare, welfare as you do. Blue Star drew herself up, though she moved stiffly and she still looked exhausted outwardly. At least she had to, she had recovered the authority of a leader. The kids are half Thunder Clan. She reminded Leopardfur, "I've told you already. I'll, I'll give you my decision at the next gathering. The decision is not yours to make." The River Clan deputy's tone had an edge like ice. At her words, meows of protest rose from the assembled cats. Cheek spat with Sandstorm from where she sat, close to Fireheart. Who does she think she is? Walking in here and telling us what to do. Fireheart padded over to Blue Star and murmured something in her ear. Blue Star, these are Gray Stripes kids. You can't send them away. Blue Star twitched her ears. You can tell Crooked Star, she claimed she calmly addressed the visitors, that Center Clan will fight to keep these kids. Leopard Fur's lips drew back in the beginnings of a snarl, while the Thunder Clan cats yelled their approval. Then a louder mew rose above the rest rose above the rest. No. Fire's fur began to prickle. It was gray stripe. The big gray cat came to stand beside Blue Star. Fireheart winced when he saw the looks of suspicion, the looks of sp- suspicion that the thunder, that Thunder Clan gave him, and how they drew back as he passed. But Graystripe seemed to have hardened himself against their hostility. Glancing back at at the River Clan patrol and then at the cats, the cats of his own clan, he meowed, "Leopardfur is right. The kids belong with their mother's clan. I think we should let them go." Fireheart froze. He wanted to protest, but find but he could find no words. The rest of the clan was just as silent, except for Yelfing, who muttered, "He's mad." Sorry, <laughs> who muttered, "He's mad." Graystripe, think again. Blue Star urged him, "If I let Leopardfur take these kids, they are lost to you forever. They will grow up in another clan. They will not know you as your kin." One day, you might even have to f- fight them. Fire, fire heard the sorrow in her voice as she spoke, and, her, and saw her eyes strain to Mistyfoot and Stonefur. Her words were full of such bitter knowledge that he wondered how, how any cat could listen to her and not realize the truth about the kids their leader had lost so long ago. I understand, Blue Star. Graystripe agreed, but I've caused enough trouble for this clan. I won't ask them to fight for my kids. He paused and added to Leopardfur. If Blue Star, if Blue Star agrees, I'll bring the kids to the stepping stones at sunhi- sunset. I give you my word. Graystripe, don't. Fireheart burst out. Fireheart burst out. Graystripe turned his yellow eyes to his friend. Fireheart saw pain there, and un- and mu- un- and measureless unhappiness, but also a determination that kept 
that sorry that made him realize that there was something in his friend's mind. But Fireheart himself did not yet understand. Don't he replied, re- repeated softly, but Graystripe did not reply. Sandstorm pushed his nose his nose into Fireheart's fur and murmured and murmured a few words of comfort. But Fireheart felt too numb to respond. He was vaguely aware of Cinderpaw nudging Sandstorm on the other side and whispering, "Not now, Sandstorm. There's there's nothing we can say. Leave him be." Blue Star bowed her bowed her head for several long moments. Fireheart could see how much of her hastily summoned strength was ebbing away in the com- in the confirmation, and how desperately she needed rest. At, at last, she spoke. Graystripe, are you sure? The Grey Warrior lifted his chin. Quite sure. In that case, Blue Star went on. I agree to your demand, Leopard Fur. Graystripe will bring the kids to the stepping stones at sunset. Leopard Fur looked startled to win an agreement so quickly. She exchanged a glance with Black Claw, almost as if she were asking if there could be a, tri- a trickery here. Then we will hold you to your word, she mewed. Then. Sorry. Turning back to the Thunder Clan leader, in, this, in the name of Star Clan, see that you keep it. She dipped her head, her head, to Wooster and led her cats away. Fireheart watched her, watched them go, and turned to plead once more with Graystripe, but his friend was already vanishing into the nursery. As the sun slid down bet- behind the trees, Fireheart waited by the gorse tunnel. Leaves rustled uh, above his head, and the air was filled with warm sense of late new leaf. But Fireheart was barely conscious of his surroundings. His mind was full of thoughts of Graystripe. There was no way he, he was going to let his friend give up his kids without making one last attempt to stop him. At last, Graystripe emerged, emerged from the nursery herding the two kids on stumpy, unsteady legs in front of him. The small, dark gray Tom already looked as if he would grow, he would grow into a sturdy warrior, while the she-cat with her silvery coat was a, was a copy of her mother, promising the same beauty and swiftness. Goldenflower followed them out of the nursery and dipped her head to touch noses with both kids. Farewell, my beloveds, she mewed sadly. The two kids let out bewildered meows as Graystripe nudged them away, and Goldenflower's own kids nuzzled their mother's flank, as if they meant to comfort her. Graystripe, Fireheart began, stepping forward as his friend approached the kids. Don't say anything, Graystripe interrupted him. You'll understand soon. Will you come with me to the stepping stones? I need your help to carry the kids. Of course, if you want me to. Fireheart was ready to agree to anything that seemed to offer the smallest chance of pursuing Graystripe to change his mind and keep the kids. The two warriors padded together through the forest, as they had done so many times before. They each carried one of the kids, the tiny scraps mewed and wriggled as if they wanted to walk on their own paws. Fireheart did not know did not know how his friend could bear to give them up. Had Blue Star felt like this? He wondered. Then she looked up on, then she looked on her own kids for the last time before letting Oak, Oakheart have them. Oh wait. Yeah. 
By the time they reached the stepping stones, the red light of sunset was fading. The moon was beginning to rise, and the river was a silvery ribbon that reflected the pale sky. Its liquid murmuring filled the air, and the long grass on the edge of the shore felt fresh and cool beneath Fireheart's paws. Fireheart sat down set down the kit he was carrying in a, in a soft clump of grass, and Graystripe pa- placed the other gently beside it. Then he moved away to a pace or two, jerking his head for Fireheart to follow, to follow him. You were right, he mewed. I can't give up my kits. Sudden joy flooded through Fireheart. Yeah, flooded through Fireheart. Graystripe had changed his mind. They would, they would take the kits home. He and face up to the threat from River Clan, whatever it might be. Then his heart froze as Graystripe went on. I'm going with them. They're all I have left of Silverstream, and she told me to take care of them. I'd die if I, would, if I were parted from them. Fireheart stared at him, his mouth dropping open. What? You can't, he gasped. You belong to ThunderClan. Graystripe shook his head. Not anymore. They don't... They don't want me, not since they found out about me in Silverstream. They'll never trust me again. I don't, I didn't, I don't know if I want them to trust me anymore. I don't think I've got any clan loyalty left. His words clutched at Fireheart's belly like the claws of an enemy, trying to tear it into shredge, shredge, shreds. Oh, Graystripe, he whispered, what about me? I want you there. I trust you with my life, and I'd never betray you. <laughs> Graystripe's yellow eyes were brimming with sh- sorrow. I know, he murmured. No cat had ever has ever had such a friend as you. I'd give my life for you, you know that. Then stay in ThunderClan. I can't. That's the only thing I can't do for you. I belong with my kids, and they belong in RiverClan. Oh, Fireheart. His voice trailed off into an anguished wail. I'm being torn in two. Fire pressed close to him, licking his ear and feeling the trembling that raked his friend's powerful body. They had been through so much together. Grayshrim had been the first cat, clan cat he had, had ever spoken to. As a kitty pet lost in the woods, he had been, he had been his first friend in ThunderClan. They, they had trained together and, begin, and been made warriors together. They had hunted in, the, hunted in the hot days of Greenleaf, when the air was filled with the scent and the murmuring of bees, and through a bitter leaf bear when the whole world was frozen. Together they had discovered the truth about Tyreclaw, and risked Bluestar's anger to do it. And now, it was all coming to an end. But worst of all, Pyrrhic could not find what words to argue with his friend, it was true that ThunderClan still mistrusted the Grey Warrior for his love of Silverstream, and they showed no sign that they would ever fully accept his kits. If they had to, if they had fought to keep them, it would have been only for the honor of the clan. Fireheart could, could see no future for his friend or the kits in ThunderClan. At last, Graystripe moved away and went back to the call of the kits. They stumbled up to him, yelling in tiny, high-pitched voices. It's time, he mewed softly to Fireheart. I'll see you at the next gathering. It won't be the same. Graystripe held his gaze for a moment. No, it won't be the same. Then he turned 
turned and carried one of the kids down the sh shore to the stepping stones, leaping over the gaps where the kids grip with the kit with the kit gri gripped safely by the scruff. On the opposite bank, a gray shape slipped out of the reeds and stood waiting while Gray Shape returned for the second kit. Fireheart recognized Mistyfoot, Silverstream's best friend. He knew she would love the, these kids as much as her own, but no cat could feel more strongly for a gray stripe than Fireheart had for four seasons, for for four long seasons. Never again, his heart was crying. No more rituals, no more play fights, or sharing tongues in the den after a day of hunting. No more laughter, shared or, or dangerous face together. It's over. There was nothing he could do or say. He watched helplessly as Graystripe and the second kit reached the far river bank. Mistyfoot touched noses with the gray warrior, then bent to sniff the kiss. With unspoken agreement, she and Graystripe each picked up a kit, and all four cats disappeared into the reeds. Fireheart stayed there for a long time, watching the silver water as it slid past the shore. When the moon when the moon had risen above the trees, he forced himself to his paws and padded back into the forest. He felt sadness and a loneliness, loneliness greater than anything he had ever felt before. But at the same time, he could sense a surge of energy rising from deep inside himself. He had revealed the truth about Hierclaw and stopped the de deputy from causing any more destruction with within the clan. Bluestar had honored him beyond measure by choosing him to her second in command. He could go on from this moment, guided by his leader and with Spotted Leaf and Starclan watching over him. Unconsciously, he unconsciously, he paced, he, his pace quickened, and by the time Fireheart reached the ravine, he was running, sling, his flame-colored pelt a blur in the lac, lilac dusk eager to return to Thunder Clan and his new life as their deputy. And that's the end of chapter 30 and the end of this book. I hope you guys enjoyed this book. Um, hopefully soon, um, maybe next week, probably next week, um, we can start the book four um, called Rising Storm. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.